Hey friends, welcome back to the Narwhal Turns podcast with Audrey the Hickman Hunter. I am Audrey and I am your host and I am so happy that you are here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Every other Tuesday, we have an awesome guest come on and chat about their story and their passions and how their passions have evolved and grown throughout their story. Subscribe to the No Wrong Turns pod with Audrey Hickman Hunter on your podcast player or app so you guys will never miss an episode. Hey friends, happy Tuesday. How was your Thanksgiving celebration? This was the most different Thanksgiving and strange Thanksgiving I have had to date. My husband and I celebrated together and we had a Mediterranean inspired menu that included some caprese salad, a charcuterie board, some pasta, mushroom caps, and the main event was surf and turf in the form of lobster rolls and steak. Did you all stick with the traditional spread or did you mix it up for this Thanksgiving? I wanted to remind you all to keep your eyes out on our Instagram page at no wrong turns pod for our upcoming giveaway, which is a collaboration with one of my friends, Steve, who makes and crafts handmade quality leather goods. You can find samples of his work over on his Instagram at country bear comp. That's at C O U N T R Y B E A R C O M P. Check out the December book club selection, Me and White Supremacy, Combat Racism, Change the World, and Become a Good Ancestor by Layla F. Saad. Our next book club meeting is Tuesday, December 15th at 7.30 p.m. Chicago time. Find me on the social medias and I can give you more info on the book club. And you can also see the show notes for the book link. Listeners, welcome to our 28th episode. Today on the podcast, we have Taylor Rambo. You may have heard me mention Taylor and her new book, Reckless Grace, in previous episodes. Taylor is a wife, a mom, and from all over the state of Texas. And she loves potatoes in just about any form except for chips. When Taylor was growing up, she credits basketball as being one of the most consistent parts of her life. Stemming from this, she decided in eighth grade that she wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach, and she did not waver from this plan until after graduating from college with her degree in exercise science. Taylor chats with us about how God called her to women's ministries and what she has done since hearing the call. This also includes her publishing, self-publishing her own book. You are for sure going to want to lean in and not miss hearing Taylor's story as she highlights her passions for women's ministry, becoming an author, and her better, not perfect mindset. No matter if this is your story and you can relate to her or not, I believe that there is something in this episode for you. All right, here's my conversation with Taylor. Welcome to the No Wrong Turns podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Taylor Rambo. Yes, Rambo is the correct pronunciation of her last name. Taylor, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I love that we are able to have you on the podcast. And I would love for the listeners to get to know you a little bit more. So you can, can you tell us about who you are, where you're from, and just a little bit more so we can get to know you? Yeah, so I am first a wife and a mama. I'm also a blogger, a podcaster, (laughs) an author, and I also am a youth pastor, so I do several things. I am from Texas, if people can probably hear my accent, and they're thinking she's got to be from down south somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) And let's see, oh, I love potatoes. Like, I have a potato obsession. It's almost unreal. So like potatoes, like mashed potatoes, chips, all of those things? Not so much chips. Any other form, I will take it. Like any kind of potato, I'm all for it. I love potatoes as well. My favorite is dicing them up and putting them with like hot jardinara on like a sheet pan and putting them in the oven. It's so good. I'm a a sweet potato, French fry kind of girl. Sweet potatoes. It makes me, because I'm eating sweet potato french fries, like it doesn't make me feel as guilty for actually eating them because it's kind of healthy. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Awesome. 
So you said you're from Texas. Is that where you grew up as well? Yes, I grew up from all over Texas, so I can't even really tell you a specific place where I'm from, just Texas in general. I've discovered it all. <laughs> awesome. So where, what big city do you live by currently? I live in Houston right now. Okay. My husband and I moved down here a few years ago. Okay, awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about what life was like for you growing up in Texas and maybe just some highlights that you that you had from growing up? Yeah, so first, growing up in Texas, Texas never knows what it wants to do with its weather, and that's still true today. <laughs> so, but I actually, I, my parents divorced when I was four, and so, and I have two sisters who are a year and a half behind me, they're twins, but really, we just, we kind of had a tough childhood, and in my book, I kind of tell that story and talk about that pro- that journey for me and just having to grow up in not even two different homes, but really just with parents where it kind of was just this constant push and pull and trying to figure out who I wanted to be with and that whole crazy thing with divorce. And we just experienced, I experienced a lot of abuse in just different forms, moved around a lot. So just kind of a lot of inconsistency. But the most consistent thing about my life is I played basketball. So I started when I was four and I actually played three sports in middle, did three sports in middle school, high school, and was a cheerleader, which I don't tell a lot of people that. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But then I also played college basketball. So the most consistent part about my childhood, I would definitely say is basketball and just being able to use that as an outlet and to kind of inspire me for what I thought my future was going to hold. Awesome. Basketball. That sounds really fun. Did you play a certain position? Yeah. So in high school, I was actually a four or five. So post area forward. And then when I got to college, when I was at Louisiana Lafayette, which was I signed a division one scholarship to go play college basketball. I was a three, four. So that's a guard forward. (laughs) This might be like foreign language for some people. And, and then I transferred. I wanted to play basketball with my sister, so I decided to ask for a release from Louisiana Lafayette and came back to Texas and went to Mary Harden Baylor, played with my sister, and I was a 4-5 there. I also met my husband at Mary Harden Baylor, so it was a good good choice. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. So you transferred because you wanted to play with your sister and you ended up meeting your husband. Yeah, so um, my sister, when I originally signed my scholarship at Louisiana Lafayette, was supposed to come with me, and we wound up having changes, and because of that, they were no longer able to come, so I transferred, because to me, I'd been with my sisters my entire life, you know, we we were the let's look out for each other, like super close kind of thing, and so I decided to transfer so that I could play with both of my sisters. One of them wound up leaving, but so yeah, I, I transferred to go play with her. So it was, it was definitely worth it. Awesome. I want to dive a little bit more into that part of your story, but first I want to get there. So when you were in, so you kind of said you, you moved all over, but basketball was super consistent for you. So besides basketball, what else were you interested in when you were in high school? Kind of like hobbies or interests that kind of held your time? I wasn't, I didn't have time. Oh. That was crazy. It was, so I played volleyball, went straight from volleyball, went to basketball, went straight from basketball to track. And then in the summer, I played I played select basketball, so AAU basketball. And so I just didn't really ever feel like I had time to, to breathe. So sports wow. consumed my entire life. But my mom is a coach, too. And so that kind of, you know, I kind of had to play certain sports, but I wanted to play basketball. So it, it literally consumed every single ounce of energy I had. Wow, that's really fun. So which sport did your mom coach? She coached, she's my basketball coach and she, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. She also coached a uh, track and so that was, and she was my volleyball coach at one point, but she transitioned out of that. So she was also my teacher. So I was, I, oh, wow. I <laughs> <for> my mom. <laughs> wow. That's really fun. So when you were in high school, you kind of through, through basketball, did you know you were going to use that as part of what you wanted to do in college or did you, were you not sure about your next step as you were going, thinking about ending high school? So I actually decided in eighth grade that I knew what I was going to do. And I, wow, stuck, it's kind of weird because I stuck with that 
process until I graduated in college. And when I got my degree, I decided I don't think this is what I want to do anymore. So (laughs) it's this whole crazy story. But I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach. I didn't want to be an actual coach because I didn't want to follow in my mom's footsteps or my dad. My dad's Uh a coach too. And I was like, I want to be different. So I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach. And in college, I actually pursued my degree in exercise science. And so was have, you know, receiving certifications to become a strength and conditioning coach, did a ton of internships under that. And then when I literally graduated with my bachelor's and was halfway through my master's, I decided, I think I'm actually going to coach. And so I went into coaching and teaching, even though I told myself that I wouldn't. Wow. <laughs> I know it's a crazy story. So I actually did that for three years and then I decided I think God's calling me to ministry. And so I started pursuing a, a second master's in ministry and I'm sitting here going, my husband's going to kill me because I literally have wasted time and money. You know, I thought I was keeping us from having to take out student loans. And then I'm like, let me just pursue two masters and put us in debt kind of thing, you know? So I'm like, he's probably going to divorce me before you even been together for a year. (laughs) So it's been a journey. It's been, it's been so crazy. And just, I think just that I'm also a big planner, Mm -hmm. huge. I have to have everything planned out. And so Over the course of the last, I would say, about three years, my life has not looked like how I planned it. And I'm starting to become okay with that because what I've ultimately learned is that when my plans were not originally, it was, I was, I wasn't pursuing my passions because I was so scared. I was living in fear because Mm -hmm. I was a step outside of those plans. And when I decided, Sometimes life doesn't go as we plan it. And instead, when we just decide to take the next right step and pursue our passions and step into that, because I believe that passions are put on our heart for a reason. I think that if we don't pursue those passions, then we are keeping the world from something that I believe God has placed on our hearts, or Mm. maybe you don't believe in God, but you still have a burning passion from somewhere. And so why keep the world from that? And so because of that, I was living in fear and not wanting to step outside of the plan. And it's in the last three years that I've come to discover my passion and truly chase that passion and not allow it to keep me confined to what I thought I should have been or the dreams and goals I thought I was supposed to accomplish. Wow. So I just want to summarize really quick so I can make sure I got your your story timeline right. So you went went to Louisiana Lafayette Mm -hmm. for just a year or how long were you there for? Um, I went for a few months. I was not there for a year. Oh, wow. I was thinking it was like a little bit more of a time. So you were only there for a couple months Mm -hmm. and then you transferred to play basketball with your sister and then you you finished you were there for then four years or so. Um, or I was there. Three, yeah, I was there for three because I had to transfer to JUCO. You can't go D one to D one. It's a whole like NCAA rule type thing. And so I okay. transferred to JUCO and I'd go back to Division one. And I decided not to. I decided to go D three. So there's a year in between there where I was playing college basketball at a junior college. Okay. And then, and then you went and had your last three years of college. Okay. Awesome. And then, so tell us you were in college and I think we'll probably miss some highlights because you said you met your husband there. So I don't know if you have any other highlights or any other things that happened in your story that you want to let us know about. Yes. So I will actually talk about my husband because I love talking about that. <laughs> man. Like, he is truly blessed. That's what I tell everybody. I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I <laughs> score this dude? But I struggled a lot with going, what the heck am I doing with my life? I'm somebody who has known what I wanted to do since eighth grade. And now I'm 22 and I don't have a clue what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, but <laughs> I struggle with that because it's like, what was the purpose, you know, in those those three years that I was at UMHB and my husband and I actually have the same minor and major. And so we had classes together, which is kind of how we met. And, you know, we had classes together every semester after that. And so it it was just crazy how it actually 
turned out. So now I'm like, okay, maybe I was supposed to pursue that degree so I could actually meet my husband, you know? So, um, so that, that's definitely a highlight of my life for sure. And so in between that process, that's kind of how we got together and he was a college football player. He played football at the school we were at. So it's just kind of, you know, it all worked out. It all, even though it seemed like a waste of time or like each pathway that I've taken mm-hmm. has kind of been what the heck was that for? It's actually, I'm coming to realize there's purpose in every step that I've taken, even when I don't really know it. Yeah. I mean, you're really, your story is really epitomizing the the name of my podcast, No Wrong Turns. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I'm sure like people listening right now are like, okay, I either need to rewind this and take notes or I'm just like about to lose my mind because I can't keep up with this girl. (laughs) Yeah. So you, you guys met, I, that's so fun that you guys had the same major and the same minor. And then, so did you all start dating when you were in college or did you didn't do that until after, or how did that work? Yes. Yeah, so we started dating while I was in college, my junior year. He is a sophomore. He was a sophomore. He's not now, but he, <laughs> he decided to call me a cougar, even though we're like a year and like a few months apart, but you know, yeah, I'll let him that's know. That's fine. <laughs> My husband is yeah. four days younger than me, so sometimes I always, I just tell him to respect his elders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start using that instead of him saying, like, you're an old lady and you're a cougar. I'm going to be like, respect your elders, boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, love you so much. Yeah, so we started dating while um, we were in college, and then we got married in December of 2016. So we got we got married shortly after both of us graduating college. Awesome. So when you were in that transition time of planning to finish up college and planning your wedding, what were some other things that were going on? Did you guys both know, or did you know what you were going to be doing for work-wise, or did you have something lined up from internships or other connections that you had from from school or from coaching connections that you had? Yes, so we were both coaches and teachers at a 6A high school in Fort Worth. I actually coached with my mom. All right, I got a question for you. Mm -hmm. What does 6A mean? Because we don't have those names here. Oh, yeah. Okay, so in Texas, you have 1A through 6A, and so ultimately that's the division with the amount of kids that you have. And so 6A is the biggest school that you get, you can get to in terms of population here in Texas. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe that is a thing here, but I've never heard of it. So I just need to know. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's a, uh, it's, it's, they have different names for it in different places. Like okay. even when I was in high school, there was only 5A. So I went to a 5A that was the highest and now they've changed it to 6A. So it's like, it's constantly changing anyway. So you can't really keep up with it. <laughs> yeah. So we were both coaching and teaching at a 6A in Fort Worth. Again, I was coaching with my mom basketball and he was coaching football. And so fortunately through connections with my mom and just, mm-hmm. and internships and some other people that we knew. I was a graduate assistant for a year after I graduated at UMHB and also was a middle school and high school coach and teacher all at the same time. And so through that connection, I was able to, you know, get a job as well where we were. And then when we moved to Fort Worth, using those connections for that too. Wow. It sounds like your whole life you've had a very, you, you've had to be organized with all the stuff that you had going on to be making sure you're keeping up and having stuff in a row. That's really crazy. Yeah, I am actually, I'm, I'm a big, you know, organizer. I, even my house, you know, but since having a toddler, I, I, it's like, that's all gone out of the window. I think you just kind of, (laughs) because you're like things don't matter as much as they used to like I have toys on my living room floor right now and we're in a day that would have like irritated me I'm like oh she'll play with them tomorrow they can stay out (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I've definitely I'm trying to move out of this transition of constantly being busy and it's hard to balance at times because when you're just a one person, you're just one person on a team. Mm -hmm. So right now it's just me and I'm trying to chase my passions and my dreams and do those things within the budget that I have. 
it's hard to balance between being a mom and a wife and not being super busy, but also pursuing the things that I have felt called to. And so I've really had to try to figure that out in the last few months and just reprioritize because my entire life, it has felt like I'm constantly just going, going, going. I'm always doing something. Even when I was coaching and teaching and at that 6A, I was in three sports and I was pursuing a master's, a second master's degree. So it was just like, what is it all for? I had to take a step back and go, what's the end goal here? Is it to have an excuse to at the end of the day, get a card to say, oh yeah, you can feel exhausted and have an excuse for it because it was almost like I was trying when I would feel so tired, I was trying to strive for that in order to feel Mm -hmm. accomplished or worthy. And I've just gotten to this place where it's like, it's not about that. Like my priority right now is my daughter and my husband and everything else, you know, falls behind that and my faith, you know, and putting that first. And so just trying to come to this place of going, okay, you don't always have to be busy. So I'm, I'm definitely working on that. That's still something I've not mastered, but I'm working on it and trying to figure out how to balance all of that. So, yeah. That's awesome. I think being busy is something that sometimes we can get so used to having like this is our normal, our normal pace that we're going at. But especially with the pandemic and just having to stay home and shift everything, it's really kind of just altered everyone's schedules and realities to to have a new normal and sometimes maybe that does create a more busyness, especially because you have a toddler, but it just kind of rearranges everything, I'm sure. Yeah, the pandemic is so sad because of the people it's affected. Like, I've even had family members who were greatly affected by the disease itself. But I have been able to find the blessings in it. And, you know, being at home and my husband is a Texas high school football coach and they just are always busy. And he's been home and it's a blessing in disguise because we wouldn't see him right now, you know. And Mm -hmm. so... Just those things, it's really taught me to be more intentional with my time as well as to reprioritize what it is I felt like was important to me and to now take a second to go, uh, maybe that's not something I have to do right now. And so it's definitely been a blessing in disguise. I just want to take a quick moment to kind of maybe catch the listeners up and just get some clarifying for myself. So you guys were in Fort Worth and you guys both had your coaching jobs and now you guys are in Houston. So can you just make the link for me? I don't know if you said it and I missed it, but of how you got there and yeah, I just, I don't know if I missed it. No. Yeah, it's fine. I, Honestly, since we, even before we both met, but when we were just dating, we decided ultimately the Houston area is where we wanted to end up just in thinking about our kids and where we wanted to raise them and schools we would want them to go to and just kind of an area where we felt like we could make home. My husband's actually from this area, so that wasn't the reason why we moved, but it definitely helped, especially with me moving away from my family in Fort Worth, which is where they are still, some of them. And so moving here where we were still by family, but in a place where we felt like we could raise our kids. So we decided to move down here with him being from here as well. So now he's coaching and teaching here and I transition into my current ministry role as a youth pastor whenever we move down here. Awesome. So how did you go? Because you were coaching and you were really passionate about that. What caused the shift to not pursue another coaching job once you moved here? My daughter had something to do with it. And so when you coach and you teach, especially before that, I was pregnant with her and in three sports, I would find myself with a dog. Yeah. (laughs) So I have a dog and I would find myself, we would be gone for 18 hours a day, both of us, because we were both in sports and, you know, teaching and coaching. It was just, it was crazy. And Mm -hmm. I started to ask myself, is this the life that I want for my kids? Do I not want to see her when she wakes up and I'm already gone? And then by the time I get home, she's asleep. Do I want someone else stepping into that role, a role that I felt like God was calling me to, to Mm -hmm. be her mother? 
and circumstances are different for different people. Like my mom was a single mom and she had to make ends meet. And so she didn't have a choice, but to go and pursue a career that would help her, you know, support her, the three of us, her three daughters. Um, But for me, my husband and I were looking at it from a financial standpoint and saying, you know, can't, is this a move that I can make? Because I was taking a big financial, you know, cut Mm -hmm. from moving careers. And I just decided I didn't want someone else to water my garden. And then I mean that in my daughter, I feel like my responsibility and, and I felt like if my husband, you know, wanted to continue to pursue coaching and teaching, that was fine. But I, I had already felt like God was putting on my heart for me to pursue ministry anyway. And it was just more clarifying when I got pregnant with her and I decided I want to be the one that's telling, you know, investing in her and, and being around her. Am I around her every single day? No. You know, I, she mm-hmm. still goes to with hang out with her friends during the day with daycare and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I can be at home more than I would have been coaching and teaching. So being pregnant with her and having her kind of solidified that. This week, our sponsor spot is a future guest of the podcast, Marla Taviano. In her book, What Makes You Fart? A highly scientific formula for discovering the life you were meant to live. This book is a clever, humorous, and insightful read that is only partly about farts. Partly. I think that the No Wrong Turns pod listeners will be interested in this book because this book works through the idea of what it looks like to pursue your dreams and pursue your passions. Marla talks about the idea of fear and encourages encourages us readers to push past fear in order to work towards your passions. We will link Marla's book in the show notes. Thank you so much for sponsoring the the pod this week, Marla. All right, back to Taylor's story. Awesome. Thank you for making those clarifications for me. I just wanted to link all the parts in your story. Awesome. I know it's a lot of pieces to move around. (laughs) So she, I think she's super cute. I saw her, some pictures of her on your Instagram. Uh, She's, is she like a year and a half old or how, how old is she? Yeah. So she'll be two in July. Oh, fun. What day in July? July 25th. Oh, fun. That was my grandma's birthday. That is awesome. Yeah, she's a she's a little firecracker. That girl, she definitely knows what she wants, and she acts like she is thirty the way that she, you know, trots around, telling people what she needs. (laughs) My girlfriend, I need you to calm down. (laughs) That's so funny. Awesome. So I know that you have published a book. So I'm really interested and you self-published it, which I think probably, I don't know anything about, but I just assume that would be very challenging. So can you tell us a little, little bit about, first of all, what your book is about and just a bit about your kind of journey with wanting to write a book and why you wanted to do that? Yes. So in the transition of being a youth pastor, I have felt as though my heart is still in ministry, but a different form. So I really mm-hmm. feel like my call is to women's ministry and not necessarily in the walls of the church, but just using my passions and my platform to push people and encourage women specifically in that. And so I, for several years, have been thinking, I, I want to write a book. You know, I had several manuscripts that I deleted because I was like, oh, people don't want to hear from me. They don't care, you know. And I ultimately decided, you know what, I'm going to stop deleting it and I'm just going to do it. And so I wrote my book and I was looking for a literary agent, was going to go mm-hmm. the public route and decided I'm going to create my own yes. And so instead of continuing to allow the no's that people were telling me at the time to go, oh, well, I guess I just wasn't meant to write the book. It was like, no, I'm, I know I was, I'm supposed to do this. This is mm-hmm. a passion and I'm going to create my own yes. And so I just started writing and started researching and pursuing different ways to self-publish. And now the book is out. It's called Reckless Grace, A Journey to Bold Forgiveness. And so I'm telling my story in the book, but mm-hmm. I'm also 
inviting readers on a journey with me through the progression of forgiveness and how that allowed me to thrive in my current relationships by working through that. I talk about me working through trauma and just the different situations from my childhood. And I also am encouraging other people in the book to share their story and to also embrace transparency and authenticity, which is a, which is my what I feel like is my passion. It's what I have predicated my podcast, my blog, my book on is just being transparent with other people, being authentic with people and letting them in so that they can experience deeper connections. And so they don't have to feel this call to constantly you know, reach the standard of perfection. And instead they can just be confident in who they are and their passions. They can be confident in sharing their story and just knowing that they have a, a purpose in life rather than just what the world tells us we're supposed to be. Wow. So can you, can you tell us a little bit about how, I think that's like such a great message and I really liked how you talked about just being authentic. And I think a lot of times you read, you know, like anything, social media is like everyone's highlight reel Mm -hmm. and you're seeing all the positive stuff or all the, you know, Pinterest, like I'm not crafty. And when I cook or bake something, it does not look like the picture. So my after pictures, you know, I think several, several minutes before maybe posting them, unless I'm going to make a joke about it. But I really like that because I think that's so true in, you know, bigger things like in our story as well. So when did you start writing your book and when did you figure out how to self-publish and and all of that kind of stuff? Yeah, so I started my blog first and then I pursued the the writing my book. I started writing that in August of 2019 and finished it in December of 2019. So that was Um, within the past year. Yeah, yeah. And then I, you know, decided, like I said, I waited a few months and decided I'm just going to go the self-publishing route. And so I published it on Amazon and it's going to be on iBooks and it's available on, in Barnes and Noble and different things like that. Wow. So I, That's uh, yeah, so I just pursued, I pursued that route and that book came out, my book came out May 18th. And so I didn't do it all by myself. I had an editor and I had someone design the book cover for me and things like that. But like I said, I just decided I'm not going to let other people's nose hold me back from what I felt like I was called to. And so I finished the book in terms of the original manuscript. It took a lot more work after that. So I don't want people listening to go, oh, it only took like four months. It's like, no, it's, it took a little bit longer. But yeah, um, of it took about four months. Awesome. Well, that's really impressive too, because your daughter would have been just born or she would have been, you know, a year old or so when you were writing it. Yes, she was one. Wow. I'm just very impressed with your time (laughs) management skills to get all of that done. Yeah, I know. It was a journey. And so you mentioned uh, your blog and your podcast and did your, your blog came first before your podcast. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to start a blog? Yeah. So it actually started, I just had my daughter, she was a newborn and I found myself constantly just I was exhausted all the time and just not just because I had a newborn though, you know, the normal, it was also because I was constantly worrying myself with the things of this whole idea of perfection. Like, oh, I have to have dinner ready on time and I have to make sure that she's eating healthy and I have to Mm -hmm. make sure that she's in bed on time and all the clothes have to be washed and everything has to be picked up from the floor and like constant stuff that nobody even really cares about because it's just me walking in my house and my husband, you know? Yeah. I was crying, exhausted from, you know, trying to help and raise her because he was in football season. It was just this whole thing. And I finally got to the point. I was like, who am I doing this for? Like, what is my purpose? Why am I trying to live up to perfection? And something I found myself often was I would jump on social media and you'd see the mom who has the picture with her baby where like the baby has like three toys around him and the rest of their house looks perfect and spotless. Or (laughs) the mom who's posting 
on her, you know, Instagram story that she, the kids are in bed and she's already enjoying a movie with her husband at, you know, seven o'clock. And I'm over here like it's <laughs> 9.30 and I haven't even showered or brushed my teeth today. Like you know, <laughs> craziness. And I thought, why? Like, why are we so, why is this world, why are we striving for perfection so much? Like, what's the point in it? Because ultimately I was setting the standard for me that I will never reach and people around me will never reach it. We're striving for perfection and we are not designed that way. And so I just wanted to start encouraging people instead of posting my highlight reel and instead of saying, I've got it together, I wanted people to know like, you know what, I might have, my daughter might have had her bath on time, but she ate Chick-fil-A today. I didn't make a homemade meal or, you know, <laughs> I my house might look clean, but I have four baskets in my closet hiding and my bed's not made. I wanted people to know, one, you need help in order to make it through life in general, but two, we mm-hmm. don't have to pretend that we have it all figured out and that we have it together because that's exhausting. And yeah. So, and even our thoughts, I, the purpose in me starting the blog was to share authentic thoughts that I was having and things I might've been struggling with. The very things that people say, oh, I can't tell anybody about this because I don't want them to judge me or feel, you know, I don't want to feel like I'm doing it all wrong. And it's like, people need to hear that. And especially from where my heart, I feel like is being called is women need to hear, hey, I don't have life figured out just like you don't, and that's okay, because we're going to help each other. We're going to do this together. I want to connect with you. I want you to know that you're not by yourself. And so that was the goal in my blog is just to encourage people who are reading it to go, oh, man, I so resonate with that. And oh, my goodness, I'm so glad that I don't have to reach perfection or that I can ask for help and that it's actually okay. And so that progressed. That's how my blog started. And so it's Better Not Perfect is the brand that I have. I've made it that brand. And then also my podcast is called Better Not Perfect. Awesome. I really like how you just explained that idea. And especially one of the last things you said about asking for help, because I know that's so hard to do because everyone else, you know, looks, you know, like they've got it and you're like, why do, why am I the one who needs help? (laughs) But Mm -hmm. asking for help can be so helpful and just being able to, to show people that you can't do it all by yourself, I think is so good because I think that's really the truth. If anybody can do it all by themselves, you know, props to you, please, you know, let me know some tips, but I don't think I can. Even our spouse that like my husband, I was a, afraid to ask him for to help me because I was like oh well then he might not feel like I'm a good mom or a good wife because I'm not doing it all and he finally got to the point where he was like that is what I'm here for like we're supposed to do life together and so Mm -hmm. I convinced myself even asking people who we decided to do life together it was a choice that we made not asking him for help almost you know, it just, it broke me down. And so finally I had to get to this point of, he decided to marry me and he knew I was a hot <laughs> knew what he was getting into. So ask this man for help. And he's awesome too, because he, he helps me. The reason why I'm able to pursue my passions now, while the reason why I'm able to work on the projects I'm working on, the reason I'm able to do the podcast and the blog is because there are times where he takes my daughter when she wakes up from her nap, you know, and goes and plays with her. I do at times, too, I make sure I work that into my schedule. I feel like mm-hmm. she's a priority, but he'll give her a bath if I have a, a meeting or an interview. And so having his help has allowed me to pursue my passions. And it has also allowed me to still have time to actually be with my daughter, because if it wasn't for him stepping in in those ways, then the times where I'm spent outside with the both of them, I would have to stay inside to work on whatever project. And so asking for help has given me freedom and space to be able to pursue my passions. And so I'm grateful for that. Wow, that's so great. I love hearing that. And I just, I just like love the authentic, like the nature of just how you're explaining that and speaking that, because I think that's so true and a bubble of an image that is being popped, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
Awesome. Well, I have uh, some questions I wanted to ask. So your passion is to help people to show them to live authentically. And I just am curious of what, as you began uh, kind of realizing this passion and pursuing it as your message, what were some myths that you had believed when you had started? I know you mentioned a few, but I'm just curious if there's any others that you could debunk for us. Yeah, that you have to have it all figured out before you can start it. And that's Mm. such, I think, you know, if I had to wait to figure, if I had to take the time and wait to figure out how to do everything that I've progressively taught myself how to do, somebody else would have already done it. You know, like somebody else would have jumped in and had, might've had the same idea. Who knows? It's like, I don't feel like I do. I feel like we have to discern when in our lives we're able to, you know, pursue these passions. I couldn't have pursued this when my daughter was first born, you know, so I had to wait. I had to discern between and have some wisdom and when to start it. But Mm -hmm. I did the standard of I have to have it all figured out did not, you know, it is such a myth. And I say that when I first started my blog, it was named something completely different. The brand and color palette was completely different. The logo was terrible, you know. (laughs) I just decided I'm going to stop saying I want to do this or I'm going to do this and I'm just Mm -hmm. going to do it. And I can progressively get better at it. I can teach myself. I can reach out to other people and ask them what they did and ask them how they can help me, you know, but the goal right now is just to start it. And so I didn't have it all figured out. I'm still learning, but I think that's the beauty in it too, is to not only pursue and start something that you're passionate about, but to have a willingness to understand you are can always be a learner. And so mm-hmm. I need to get to this place where I'm like, oh, I've got it all figured out. So I'm good ultimately, you know, we're, we're not going to get there. It's us desiring to be constant learners, but to pursue the things that we have felt called to in that, that I think makes um, what we do and who we are and what we're pursuing authentic. I think it shows people that they can and allows people to connect with us because I believe that by me saying, I'm just going to start, it could show someone else to say, all you have to do is start to, you don't have to have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. And that's more than me, you know, somebody coming to my website in the first day that I've created it and I've got it all perfect and it looks amazing. Like, you know, nobody, nobody can, I mean, I'm sure some people can relate to that, but more people can relate to me going, yeah, I started it. It wasn't exactly how I thought it was going to be. So I renamed it, rebranded it. And now we're here, you know, I yeah. think with that and I think when we were brave enough and courageous enough to step out and just start it I think that's how we connect with people I think that's how people we can inspire other people around us who are trying to pursue some of the same things or maybe it's something different but they're just scared to step out because they feel like they don't have it all figured out but you don't Mm -hmm. have to I think that's so good and the way you're describing it and I keep mentioning this here and there as guests are sharing on the podcast of this lesson that I've been hearing God's been reminding me of for like probably two years now is like little by little can make big changes. And just the little that you're entrusted with, like you're saying, just the little start that you're going to do little by little, that's going to lead to the bigger things. You're not going to start off with your big, great you know, website that's perfect with your perfect logo and all of that. But little by little, having those little things and then you being able to refine that you're doing that little by little and look where you are now. Yeah. And I don't think you, I think another myth that people kind of live by is like change is not necessarily a good thing. And it's like, no, the (laughs) world constantly changes. And so we need to be willing to change with it. And Mm -hmm. when we do grow we grow personally we can grow our business we can grow our passions we can grow our dreams when we just say i'm going to still keep our core you know mission the core why my the why behind it has not changed i've still better not perfect was the theme of my blog from the beginning so i haven't changed my why i haven't changed my mission Mm -hmm. but i have changed you know like i said the website and different things changed a little bit with the world and i think that there is something positive in that mm-hmm. as long as we remind ourselves of the why and the mission behind it. I think I don't think that's something that necessarily has to change, but 
I think when we're willing to change with the things that are happening around us, it helps us grow. Mm-hmm. I think that's really good. It just, I, it just sounds like you're just saying refining the message was always there and what you had on your heart was always there, but just how you presented that and how it maybe looked like aesthetically or something has, has been changed and transformed, but it's the same, the same message that you had from the beginning. Yep, exactly. That's so good. All right, I want to uh, shift over and ask a couple of, of questions about guidance. So if somebody is here and they're listening and they're like, wow, this message is really clicking with me and I just really love this idea of being authentic and just being better and not perfect, what would be, and they're just kind of wanting to take, you know, the next step of looking into exploring that and how that would be for themselves. What would you say could be that person's next step? Create your own yes (laughs) and say yes to the next right step. Something else that I definitely feel like helped me was having an accountability partner not telling the world what I wanted to do next, just telling one person who could hold me accountable and say, no, you told me that you were going to create your next yes. And in the way that you do that is you told me you were going to make this your next step. And so somebody who can encourage you, hold you accountable in that to say, I believe in you. This is what you said. I'm going to hold you to it and I'm going to push you there. And so I would say, create your own yes. Say yes to the next right step. And just have one accountability partner who believes in you, who believes in what you're trying to do, and who can hold you accountable in that and push you towards your dreams. I think that's really good, um, having somebody to keep you accountable. Uh, where do, where would you say that you, is that, would you say for you or for other people, that's good being a friend or a spouse or a family member? Or where would you, what kind of guidance would you give to that kind of specific accountability person? Yeah. So for me, it was my husband, but I don't, it doesn't have to be a spouse or a significant other. I think it's somebody who, you know, is going to be honest with you, Mm. but who's, who also believes in what you're doing. And so somebody who, you know, understands the why behind what you're doing, but somebody who's not going to lie to you and say, Oh, it's okay. You know, pat you on the back and Mm -hmm. kind of you, somebody who's going to push you enough, but in an encouraging loving way, who understands the goal, who understands the dream, but they've got to be truthful with you. And my husband is somebody who can tell me the truth without me going, uh, like, I don't want to listen to him because I know his heart behind it. You know, I know mm-hmm. his heart is me to be successful, whatever that looks like. And so I would say, find somebody who, who who's good at doing both, who's good at encouraging you and pushing you towards your dreams, but who's also going to be truthful and not the kind of truthful, like, this is the a terrible idea. You shouldn't do it. <laughs> the kind of truthful that, you know, is saying like, Hey, I, this again, holding you accountable and saying, you told me you were going to do this. I'm going to push you that way. And right now you are not taking the next step towards your dream. And so I'm going to help you get there kind of truth, you know, in an encouraging yeah. way. So I would say that's who you need to look for whoever that is for you. I think that's really good. Do you have, did you have anything when you were kind of starting out on this journey or kind of just this big life lesson being revealed to you? Did you have any kind of advice that maybe you ha- wish you had been told or maybe advice like encouragement that you did hear, but maybe just wasn't quite loud enough or just something that helped that you were like, wow, this was really true in my journey. And this was really encouraging for me as I was walking through this. I just found people who did it before me. And I think that's kind of scary for some people because it's like, oh, well, they're already doing it, so I can't enter into that space. And that's not true either because we all have different paths. We have different ways that we have become successful at whatever it is we're doing. We all have our passions may be similar, but the way that we have approached it is different. Our stories are different. The expertise we can bring to it is different. And so it wasn't scary for me. It was more so going, okay, they're a step ahead of me. How did they get there? What did they do that made them successful? And how can I apply what I feel like I can bring to the world in this in similar ways that they did? Not where I was trying to copy what they were doing, but I would take it from multiple women and who were successful or started a podcast or a blog or, and just mm-hmm. kind of 
what they were doing that made them successful because they did something right, you know? Yeah. And so just to pull from that and just see where I fit into that space, knowing there was a space for me. There's a space for people who want to pursue their passions and their dreams. There's a space for you. But just trying to figure out where in that space you start and how you can be successful and continue to build on that. And so I would say find people within your niche who have done it, who are doing it, and don't be afraid to reach out to them and say, hey, can you help me with this? Or hey, can you tell me how this works for you? I think when we can rely and connect with other people, I think that also allows us to grow and get better at whatever it is we're pursuing. I think that's so good. I love that idea of just looking up to other people who are doing what you want to do and kind of seeing their trajectory of how they got there and reaching out and asking for help. Again, like we had said earlier, that same idea. Mm -hmm. So besides that idea, did you have any other resources that you could recommend? Yeah, again, I would just find whoever's in your niche and see what resources they have, because a lot of people are putting that out. For example, I provide free resources. I'm also working on a project right now where people can actually get more of a mentorship accountability type thing from me. I'm and I'm working on a project where I am providing them with things that I did exact step by steps on how to get to wherever it is. They want to be in their passion. So I would say find someone in your niche because typically they've put those resources out. Um, You can find a lot of free resources. You can find people who are doing coaching and can help you through that. And so I would just look for those resources because it's going to look different, you know, for some, you know, somebody who might be want to start a podcast is going to look different than somebody who, you know, wants to go and start their own engineering business, like, you know, whatever that looks like, so many various things that are pursuing. And so just find someone who's done it before, see what resources they have. And if they don't have any, then that's when you go, hey, can you help me? Like email them and say, I've looked all over the place and I couldn't find exactly what it is, you know, I need help with in this specific area. And don't be afraid to reach out and ask them questions because people who are doing something the goal to help other people will have a willingness to say, let either let me get back to you or yeah, here's something that helped me. Here's, you know, some, some advice I have for you. And so if their mission is to help other people, they're likely going to have someone respond for them or they're going to do it, you know? And so don't be afraid to reach out to those people. That's awesome. I, I love the kind of practical, like go getting step of, of doing that. Thank you, thank you so much for joining us each week to listen to our awesome podcast guests as they come on and chat about their story and their passions and how their passions have grown and evolved throughout their story. I am so humbled and so honored that you would choose to download and listen to these conversations and chats every other week through inviting me into your earbuds, your headphones, your car, your Google Home, your Amazon Alexa, Wherever you listen, thank you so much, friend, and I am so grateful for you. Could you do me a favor? If you have not already, can you please subscribe to the podcast in whichever podcast player app that you're listening to us on? If you are already subscribed, thank you so, so much. I truly appreciate it. It makes a huge difference. And I would love it if you could share this show with a friend. I find out about so many different shows through recommendations from friends. Maybe some of you found out about this show through a friend sharing the pod with you. Lastly, would you please leave a rating or review on whichever player or app that you're listening to us on? Thank you. I know that this may seem small, subscribing, sharing the show, and leaving a rating or review, but they make a huge difference in new listeners finding the No Wrong Turns pod. Thank you all so, so much. Thank you for being here, for listening, and for cheering on the No Wrong Turns pod. Thank you for subscribing, sharing, and reviewing the show. So I have one last question for you, and we ask all the podcast guests this question, and it is, what is fueling you today? What is fueling your passion? So this could be anything from 
maybe a new TV show or movie you guys found. I'm sure you might be watching a lot like I am in these, you know, Corona times, or maybe a special drink or maybe a new route that you found to go on a little family walk. What's feeling you today? Yeah, so this might sound super superficial, but quality time with my daughter is absolutely fueling me. Today we went out to her playground and she had the time of her life on a slide for like 20 minutes. And I'm sitting there like this, you know, how does this entertain you? But getting quality time with her because in that I have seen how she really just has this eye for the small things that actually mm-hmm. bring so much value to life. And so that's fueling me. And I would say definitely, you know, on a side note, Netflix is for sure fueling me. <laughs> I don't know what we would have done without Netflix in this quarantine. And so that's definitely fueling me. Do you have any special shows or movie recommendations? Yes. Yeah, so I don't know if I'm supposed to tell people this, but we watched <laughs> Queen of the South in like three days. It was amazing. Wow. Such- I <laughs> love that show too. It's good. So good. And let's see. We, I'm a Grey's Anatomy fan, but we're caught up. So I haven't been watching that on Netflix, (laughs) but we have been watching the Netflix original movies. They're so good. I'm, it's really the rom-coms we're watching, but I'm like, Netflix has moved up in the world because they're producing awesome, funny movies to watch. And so I would definitely say, go watch some Netflix rom-com originals. That's awesome. That's so fun. Well, thank you so much, Taylor, for just sharing your story and sharing your passion. It was so great just to kind of hear along your journey, just the 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 different ways that you, you took to get to where you are. And I think your story really especially epitomized our podcast title of No Wrong Turns. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed getting to talk with you and hang out. And I'm just so grateful that you two are stepping into this space to say, I'm going to encourage people to to just say yes to the next right step. So thank you for, for doing that as well. Oh, and one really quick thing before we go is where can the listeners find you on your platforms and where can they look for you at? Yes, yeah, so they can find me on Instagram at the Taylor underscore Rambo. They can find me on wherever they listen to podcasts, the Better Not Perfect podcast. They can also go to our Facebook group, which is Better Not Perfect, the podcast. And then my blog is tayrambo.com. And so they can find my blog on there. There's links to purchase the book. And the book is Reckless Grace with the W. And they can purchase that on Amazon. So if they just head to my website, they can find access to my Instagram. They can find access to my Facebook group, find access to my podcast, my book, my blog. So just head over to tayrambo.com and it's got links all over the place for them to go and, and catch up with me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been great. Thank you. Friends, I have loved our conversation with Taylor. I really enjoyed hearing her story of playing basketball, actively working towards becoming a strength and conditioning coach, and then totally doing a 180 after hearing from God and deciding to pursue women's ministries. There are a few different quotes and points that Taylor and I chatted about that really have resonated with me. I love when she said, I'm going to create my own yes and say yes to the next right step. I've heard a lot of talk about people saying they're wanting to create their own yes, but I just love how Taylor specifically highlights here about saying yes to the next right step. I think that's really important to have a goal and to see that goal, but also to take those baby steps and saying yes to the next right step. I also related to her when she said, I'm not going to let other people's nose hold, hold me back from what I'm called to. I think that for me, I can see on all my social media feeds, the news, etc., that people are already doing what I'm interested in. Oftentimes, this makes me feel like, why should I even bother? The world is telling me that they've already got it. It kind of feels like a self-imposed no from them, them being the world. With starting this podcast, I definitely feel a bit of the worldly no or a why bother. But I love how Taylor encouraged me and us listeners not to let other people's no's keep you from doing what you were created and called to do. I hope that we were all encouraged today through Taylor's story and her passions. 
My prayer is that you consider what God has for you and what he might be leading you to. Our episode was edited this week by Sophia Bote, and you can see our show notes for our music credits. All right, guys, enjoy your week. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. I would love that. And I will see you back here next time. Hey, friends, you have just listened to the No Wrong Turns pod with Audrey Hickman Hunter. I'm Audrey, and I'm your host, and I am so glad that you're here. If you liked what you're listening to today, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We are bringing new shows every other Tuesday, and we always have on awesome guests to chat about their story and their passions. Subscribe today to the No Wrong Turns pod with Audrey Hickman Hunter on your podcast player so that you will all never miss an episode.